Shalom, shalom, Israel, giving all praise to the Most High and to His Son, Yahweh Shai. Uh, today's class, learning the laws of men servants and maid servants. Exodus chapter 21, 1-11. Um, we need to learn more about how we're going to interact with each other when we come into the kingdom. You know, um, the thing is, there's only so many judges, there's only so many captains, only so many officers that they cannot be in everyone's household at all moments of their life. So our peoples have to start treating this Bible like it's their daily walk instruction book instead of treating it like it's only a book for the judges and only a book for the officers and captains and they just come in and they listen and they learn and they go home. You know, there's a lot of things that go on in this book that are things that you're supposed to do on a daily basis when dealing with your brothers and sisters. But you can't do those. You can't understand those things if you don't read it. And the judges are not going to be there to make sure that you're doing it all seconds of every day. A lot of the things, if you don't do certain things, you can be put to death for not doing those things. Or you can be judged for not doing those things. You can be kicked out of cities for not doing those things. You can be sent to certain cities for not doing those things. You can be exiled for not doing those things. You can be separated from the children of Israel for not doing those things. And you're thinking that the judges are going to say, okay, well, you didn't know. That don't work all the time. You know, for some things, if it's something very complicated and very hard for you to understand, it'd be like, okay, we can accept that you didn't know this once and then you learn from this situation. But for a lot of these simple things that you easily could have read, that I don't know stuff is not going to pass. That's right. So we're going to learn today the laws of men servants and maid servants. So when the time comes, our people have a certain understanding about these things. Give me Exodus chapter 21, verse 1. The book of Exodus chapter 21 and verse 1. Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. So these are the judgments that we are going to be going by when we come into our holy land. Because a lot of Israelites got, got the kingdom messed up. They think the kingdom is a place where all Israelites are going to be rich. That's not the way the kingdom is. Now, what is your definition of rich? Is your definition of rich where all of your clothes are made of solid gold and you've got jewels all over your necklaces and your, and your, and your, and your bracelets? You might have some of those things, but all Israelites are not going to be rich beyond belief. The thing is, every Israelite is going to have their own lot. Your family may own a certain amount of land, but say something happens to that land one year. You are you know, out in the field and a certain type of frost comes and takes out a lot of your crops or a certain type of bugs comes and takes out a lot of your crops. Then what are you going to do for money? A lot of your wealth has disappeared. Now, do the laws of God say you're allowed to go and steal land from another nation to make you have a more comfortable life? No, you are only allowed to go take land when it is given to you by the Lord. Yes. So by definition, that Israelite that had his land killed by frost or killed by bugs, that Israelite is now poor, even though he's in the kingdom. So we're going to be going over those things and how, how our peoples deal with that situation in righteousness. Read on. Verse 2. If thou by a Hebrew servant. He say, hold up. If thou what? If thou by an Hebrew servant. So I guess we thinking that in the kingdom, this law is going to be no longer taken into effect. We're going to have to keep the laws in the kingdom. So that means in the kingdom, there are going to be situations where you will buy an Hebrew servant. That's 
an Israelite servant. Like I say in that situation where that brother, even though he's in the kingdom, now is lacking funds, now is lacking crops, does not have any money or any food for his family. He now is able to go and sell himself to somebody, say, brother, I will now come and serve you as a Hebrew servant if you will give to me and my family enough food to survive for the next however so many years. Or I will come and serve you as a Hebrew servant if you will take care of my family for however many years. Or I will come and serve you as a Hebrew servant if you will give me a portion of your land. That is buying that Hebrew servant for a certain commodity that they require. Read on. Matter of fact, give me Leviticus 25 and 39. Let's clarify it. Clarify it. Because Israelites, they thinking, oh, buy a Hebrew servant. They thinking they're going to be ruling over their own brethren. See, it's, it's a contract. Israelites, we live off of contracts. Israelites don't really too much live off of emotion. A lot of times, Israelites live off of contracts. That means if I have a contract with you to do this certain thing, that thing will get done. It, it's, it, we are a legal, a very legal nation. Everything is done in writing. Everything is done off of contracts. Read this, Ot. The book of Leviticus, chapter 25 and verse 39. Read. And if thy brother... That dwelleth by thee be waxing poor. So thy brother that lives by thee, he's waxing poor. Something happened to his fields because every Israelite will have a certain lot. Something happened to his fields. Something happened with his home. And now he is waxing poor, right? Read. And be sold unto thee. And now he is sold unto thee to help, to help provide for his family. Something happened. So now he has to come and serve thee. Read. Thou shalt not compel him. To serve as a bond servant. There's the, that's the difference between a manservant and a bond servant. Or a maid servant and a bond servant. Those are two different things. A manservant or a maid servant is someone that is a hired servant. They are they come to serve you for a certain commodity or a certain price. And once that price is fulfilled, they are no longer your servant. A bond servant, we're going to go over this later, belongs to you as property. That is your property, and you may do with them whatever you wish. With a manservant or a maidservant, you cannot go and just sell that manservant and maidservant however you want. With a bondservant, you can sell them however you want. There's two different things. We cannot have bondservant Hebrew Israelites. We can't. But you can have a manservant Hebrew Israelite or a maidservant Hebrew Israelite. Read. There's a hired servant. So he, there's a certain price that is fulfilled for that servant. Read. And as a sojourner, he shall be with thee. He shall be unto you as, as like a traveler. He's not just somebody that, that works in your house. He is your guest. That is what it's saying. He is like your guest. It's not just another worker. That is your brother that needed your help. And you are helping him by having him serve you. But he is also your guest. Read. And shall serve thee until the year of Jubilee. And he shall serve thee until the year of Jubilee. Let's get some understanding on that. Jump up to verse 8. The book of Leviticus, chapter 25 and verse 8. Read. And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee. Hold up. Number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee. Let's get some understanding on that. You have to break everything down and thou shalt number seven sabbaths of years unto thee what is a sabbath of years jump up to verse one so we can understand what a sabbath of years is read this 
the book of the book of Leviticus, chapter twenty-five and verse one. Read. And the Lord spake unto Moses in Mount Zion, in Mount Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. So now you have a different type of Sabbath. You have the regular Sabbath, which is six days, and on the seventh day ye shall rest. Then it said, The land shall keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. What is this land Sabbath? Read. Six years. Hold on, what? Six years. Hold on, what? Six years. So it said there was a Sabbath of years. So what we do is a Sabbath of days. Six days shall you work. Seventh day shall be a Sabbath. Here it is saying six years. Read. Thou shalt sow thy field. So six years you shall sow seed into your field. Read. And six years thou shalt prune field thou shalt prune thy vine so now it's saying six years you shall sow six years you shall take a sickle to your field and harvest what is in your field read and gather in the fruit thereof and bring in the fruit into your home read but in the seventh year but in the seventh year so six years six years shalt thou work in the seventh year read shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land. So be a Sabbath of rest unto the land. Read. A Sabbath for the Lord. Read. Thou shalt neither sow thy field. So here is the laws of that. In that seventh year, once that time comes, you cannot sow any more seed into that field. Read. Nor prune thy vineyard. And this Sabbath of rest goes for the whole land. So that means no one should be planting any seeds during this seventh year, he said, Thou shalt neither sow thy field, nor shalt thou bring any sickle to anything that grows in the land during that time. Read on. That which groweth of its own accord. So what does it mean groweth of its own accord? If anyone has ever planted anything in the ground, you know that once you harvest, the next time that it comes for more stuff will continue to grow. If you don't go out there and pluck it out of the ground. So it's saying things will start to grow of their own accord. It won't be orderly. There might be some watermelons over here and they might show up over there and there's some corn and little splotches of corn. Things might grow of its own accord. Read. Of thy harvest thou shalt not reap. But you, even though you might have a bunch of corn over there, you cannot go with that sickle and grab it and put it in a basket and take it into your home. Read. Neither gather. The grapes of thy vine undressed. Read. For it is a year of rest unto the land. Read on. And the Sabbath of the land shall be meat for you. No, now it's saying you can go and eat it, though. You cannot go and harvest it, but you can go and grab some corn and eat that corn. Or if you need to make dinner for the night, you can go and grab something to make you some dinner. But you cannot go and harvest it and utilize it for merchandise or utilize it for your for your storehouses you can't but you can go out there and eat it like the animals can also go out there and eat it but you cannot harvest it read for thee and for thy servant and for thy maid and for thy hired servant and for the stranger that sojourneth with thee and for thy cattle and for the beasts that are in thy land shall all 
the increase thereof be meat. Now jump to verse 18. The book of Leviticus, chapter 25 and verse 18. Read. Wherefore, ye shall do my statutes and keep my judgments and do them, and ye shall dwell in the land in safety. Read on. And the land shall yield her fruit, and ye shall eat your field and dwell therein in safety. So he's saying if you keep the commandments, the land will always yield her fruit. So a lot of these things going on around the world where the land is becoming barren and the land is not bringing forth fruit, especially in the Middle East, going on in Africa, going on here in the Americas. The land is not bringing any increase. It is because, first of all, they have never given a land the Sabbath. They have never allowed the land to rest. So it, the most high, when he creates his commandments, it all has to do with a lot of it has to do with science. You know what I'm saying? The laws of having to give the land rest is because the land needs time to rejuvenate its nutrients. You know what I'm saying? So if you don't give it that Sabbath of rest, that land will eventually deplete and become barren. Not only that, but when you're not keeping the commandments of God, there's a lot of things that can destroy the land. Read on. And if ye shall say, what shall we eat the seventh year? So a lot of people would say, what shall we eat? In that seventh year, in the in the seven in the seventh year of rest, because they'll say, "Well, how am I supposed to have enough food to make sure that my family can eat?" Or we also do a lot of merchandise. Say your whole job is to be a merchant to bring these certain fruits over there to this side of the nation, so they can eat these types of fruits and vegetables. Now they're asking these questions: What shall we eat in the seventh year? Read. Behold, we shall not sow nor gather in our increase. So now he's going to tell you how you're going to eat. Read. Then I will command my blessings upon you in the sixth year. So see, the Most High is letting you know in that sixth year before the Sabbath come, read. And it shall bring forth fruit for three years. In that sixth year, the land is going to produce three times the amount of fruit and vegetables. It's going to be a very plenteous year in a very fruitful year because the land is about to go into a one year hibernation rest time. So it's going to generate a lot of fruit and a lot of food. Read on. And ye shall sow the eighth year. And then when the after the seventh year, you're going to sow in that eighth year, read. And eat yet of old fruit until the ninth year. So you're going to have enough food to be able to eat until the harvest comes in that ninth year. Read. Until her fruits come in, ye shall eat of the old store. And this is how the Most High teaches us how to plant a garden. A lot of people, they be thinking the Ten Commandments. But it's like, okay, how do you put how do you plant corn? Oh, I don't know. I just know thou shalt not uh, commit adultery. So you, gonna, you ain't committing adultery, but you're going to starve. You got to understand the Bible teaches you how to do everything, but we don't have the, the, we don't have the wisdom. Uh, and, I, and I was just telling my bruise about this, man. A lot of people, when they read the Torah, they'll read like Genesis and then they'll read like the first half of Exodus. And then after that, it, they'll really just start skimming. Like they'll be reading a chapter and then they'll like skip three verses. I, I, I think I know what that says. And they'll just skip down. And then it get bad when Leviticus, when the, when the first part of Leviticus come, it's talking about the laws of sacrifice. They just completely skip whole chapters in that one. And then when you do that, it gets really hard to get back into that focus and that studying mindset. 
when you start skimming over chapters and you start skipping over stuff, once you reach something important that you really need to know, you're not going you're going to skip it. How do you know if it's important if you skipped it? How? Give me Leviticus 25 8. Let's go back. The book of Leviticus chapter 25 and verse 8. Read. And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years. So now, so now he's saying thou shalt number seven of the Sabbaths of years. So seven. So you have a Sabbath of years after the seventh year. It's a times that by seven. So that would be 49 years. Read on. Seven times seven years. Seven times seven years. Read. And the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. So we're learning about the year of Jubilee. Read. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound. Then after these forty nine years are up, you will cause the trumpet of Jubilee to sound. Read. On the tenth day. Of the seventh month. Does anybody know when the tenth day of the seventh month is? The tenth day of the seventh month in the 49th year. Read. In the day of atonement. In the day of atonement. So when you're reading the scriptures, we know that the first day of the first month is the new year, right? But when does the year refresh? When does the year actually refresh? Because you have the seasons and then you have the refreshing of the year. So the first day of the first month, yes, the, the new year has come in, you know. But when is the new year really celebrated? The day of atonement. The day of atonement brings in a new year because you are repenting for all of your sins and the year is becoming fresh. There are two different there's the spiritual beginning of the year, and then there's the calendar physical beginning of the year. So the Day of Atonement is a refreshing. It says, on the Day of Atonement, that will be the beginning of the year of Jubilee. Read. In the Day of Atonement shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. Read on. And ye shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land. Unto all the inhabitants thereof. So in the 50th year on the day of atonement, you shall proclaim liberty throughout all the land. What do liberty mean? Freedom. The liberty. Letting things go. Freedom. Read on. It shall be a jubilee unto you. Read on. And ye shall return every man unto his possession. So if you have bought a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman... In the year of Jubilee, you shall return her unto her peoples or unto her land or him unto his family or unto his possessions. You shall return him. Everything shall go free. If you have a man serving you that is a Hebrew, he is now allowed to go in the year of Jubilee. Read. And ye shall return every man unto his family. Read on. A Jubilee shall that 50th year be unto you. Read on. Ye shall not sow. He say on this also, in this 50th year, ye shall not sow. So it becomes a double, it becomes a double Sabbath. A double Sabbath of years. Read. Neither reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine 
undressed. So in the 49th year, you cannot gather or you cannot sow. But also in the 50th year, you cannot gather and you cannot sow. So it becomes a double because we're honoring it. Read on. For it is the Jubilee. It is the Jubilee. Read. It shall be holy unto you. Read on. Ye shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. Read on. In the year of this Jubilee, you shall return every man unto his possession. Ye shall return every man unto his possession. So everything gets reset. But we're going to get more on how it resets. Read on. And if thou sell aught unto thy neighbor. If you sell anything to your neighbor like your land or yourself or your son or your daughter. If you sell anything unto your land, read. Or to your neighbor, read. Or buy out of thy neighbor's hand. Or if you buy land or uh, a son or a daughter or yourself or anything like that. If you buy it from your neighbor's hand, read. You shall not oppress one another. You shall not. You cannot increase the price unfairly and he cannot decrease the price unfairly. It shall be done in, in righteousness, a just balance. Let's find out why. Read. According to the number of years after the jubilee, thou shalt buy of thy neighbor. So if, the, if everything gets released in the year of jubilee, that means that land also gets released. That means if I buy some land from this brother over here and he has about 10 acres of land, I'm buying it from him in the second year after the year of jubilee. That means I'm paying for 48 years of land. That means I have to pay a larger amount because when the year of Jubilee comes, I'm going to have to give him that land back without any exchange of money. That land is going to go back to him. So when I'm paying for that 10 acres of land, I'm paying for 48 years of usage of that land. Now, if I buy that land from him in the 46th year after the year of Jubilee, then I'm paying a much lower price because I'm only paying for three years. Of usage of that land so I if, 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 if the first time I'm paying 70 shekels of silver for that land because I'm, I'm paying after the second year when the 46th year come around if I'm buying land I'm only gonna pay like 10 shekels of silver because I'm only getting three good years before I have to give that land back to that person so he say according to the multitude of the years thou shalt increase the price thereof and really what this allows, and I, and I reference this, is like the game of Monopoly. When you're, when you're dealing in Monopoly, it can get kind of confusing. You've sold a lot of things over here. You've bought a lot of things over here. You've got money invested over here. He has money invested with you. Everything is confusing. The board is messed up, right? When that 50th year come, you wipe the board clean and close the Monopoly, open it back up. Everybody has what belongs to them again. You can start fresh. So say if that brother over there, he had those 10 acres of land, right? The locust came and ate all of his crops one year. He became poor. He had to come and sell himself to you so that you could help him. He has to serve you for a certain amount of time or he sold that land to somebody so that he could have some money. That land is gone out of his hands. But after that year of Jubilee comes, he gets his land back. He is now wealthy again. Everybody becomes wealthy again, and then it resets those 49 years. It, anything may happen in those 49 years. Locusts may come and eat your stuff again, or you may get rich in those 49 years. You may own 50 more acres of land. 
But after those 50 years, you got to give them back to who they belong to so that all of Israel is taken care of. You're not going to have one brother over here dominating over the whole nation with a thousand acres of land, you know, because that belongs to his brothers. That belongs to his sisters. See, read on. And according unto the number of the years of the fruits, he shall sell unto thee according to the multitude of years. Thou shalt increase the price thereof. Read on. And according to the fewness of years, thou shalt diminish the price of it. Read on. For according to the number of the years of the fruits, do it he sell unto thee. Read on. Ye shall not therefore oppress one another, but thou shalt fear thy God, for I am the Lord your God. So everybody would know how much something would generally cost. You know, you can't go up to some guy and he's going to sell you this uh, two acres of land for three years and it's one hundred thousand dollars. That's not that's not the way you're going to know something is up because, you know, in the next couple of years, you're going to have to you're going to have to give it back to him. So we cannot be oppressed by our own brother because we all have the understanding of the year of Jubilee. So it say ye shall not oppress your brother. Jump down to verse twenty three. The book of Leviticus, chapter twenty five and verse twenty three. Read the land shall not be sold. Forever. So you can never get rid of the land that was given unto you. That if we were to sell, that also goes into selling it to another tribe. If you was to allow another tribe, you say, hey, brother over here from the tribe of Manasseh or brother over here from the tribe of Ephraim, you can come and buy this land I got over here in the tribe of Judah. But you got to give it back after the year of Jubilee because this land belongs to the tribe of Judah. You see what I'm saying? The land shall never be sold. It can only be lent. It can only be lended out. It can only be borrowed, but it can never be sold. Read. For the land is mine. Because the Most High gave certain people that land. Read. For ye were strangers and sojourners with me. Read on. And in, 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 and in all the land of your possession, ye shall grant a redemption for the land. Now we're getting into the redemption of the land. So if you have some land, that brother sold you that land because he was going through some hard times. He sold you his 10 acres of land. You have the, you by law have to give a redemption for that land. Read on. Let's find out about this redemption. Read. If thy brother be waxing poor. Read. And had sold away some of his possessions. Read on. And if any of his kin come to redeem. Now, if any of his family members, blood family members come to you to buy the land back from you for that brother, if anyone comes to redeem it, read. Then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. You legally have to sell it back to them because that land does not belong to you. It was only, it was sold to you for a certain period of time because the brother was struggling or the brother didn't have any money. But if he sold it to you for uh, 20,000 shekels of silver, right? You use it for three years. So one of his brothers comes back to you, you have to have a redemption price of, say, 17,000 shekels of silver because you have used up, you know, you've gotten some worth out of it. So he has to give you a certain amount of money based on how much you have used. But you have to sell it back because it does not belong to you. You cannot say, no, I bought this land. I own it until the year of redemption because your brother is suffering. You have to let him redeem it. Read on. And if the man have none to redeem but if the man has no family members to redeem it read 
and himself be able to redeem But if suddenly he comes into some money and he's able to come and get his land back, read. Then let him count the years of the sale thereof. Then let him count how many years it is unto the year of Jubilee and how much you have used it, read. And restore the overplus unto the man to whom he sold. Read. That he may return unto his possession. So you have to sell it back to that man because he was only selling it to you because he was going through some times. You have to help your brother out. You cannot say, I'm not going to sell it back to you. That land does not belong to you. You're just borrowing it for a certain amount of money. Read on. But if he be not able to restore it to him. Then if he be not able to restore it to him, read. Then that which is sold shall remain in the hand of him that had bought it. Until the year of Jubilee. But if there's no way for that exchange to happen, that brother does not have the money. If there's no way for him to get that land back, then he shall keep it until the year of Jubilee. Until that 50th year when he legally has to return it back to his brother. Read. And in the Jubilee, it shall go out and he shall return unto his possession. Read on. And if a man sell a dwelling house in a walled city. Now, this is another law because we were dealing with we were dealing with uh field areas, land, acres of land and things like that. Now we're going to go into the law of if a man sell a house that is inside of a walled city. So this house is not on acres of land. This is just a house built inside of a city, right? Read on. Then he may redeem it within a whole year after it is sold. Then if he sell that house that he owns inside of that city, he is allowed to come and redeem it for one whole year. So that means if you sell your house to a brother for a certain amount of money, six months later, you get a certain amount of money and you able to come and redeem that house. You are by law able to buy that house back. He has to sell it back to you. It is a redemption. It is not a buyback. It is redeeming. You are legally allowed to go and do that. Read. Within a full year. May he redeem it. Read on. And if it be not redeemed within the space of a full year. If, if he doesn't come back in that full year and redeem that house, read. Then the house that is in the walled city shall be established forever to him that bought it throughout his generation. Read on. It shall not go out in the Jubilee. So the houses have a different law. So if you have a house in a city and you sell it to a brother. And you do not come and redeem it in a full year. That house no longer belongs to you in the year of Jubilee. That house will not come back to you because it is not land given to you by God. It is something that you bought inside of a city. So it has to it goes out to that person and it will never come back to you. Read on. But the houses of the villages which have no walls round about them shall be counted as the fields of the country so then if you're outside of a city in a village that has no walls around about it that house shall be counted as a field that means that it is your pro it is your land given to you by god that is your lot read they may redeem and they shall go out in the jubilee that is what is to, so it's not like that house in the city it may be redeemed at any time and they shall go out in the year of jubilee read on Notwithstanding the cities of the Levites. Then you have another law for the Levites. The Levites have their own laws about how they deal with their land and how they deal with their houses. Let's see what the law of the Levites is. Read. And the houses of the cities 
of their possession. In the city, so the cities of the Levites and the houses inside the cities read. May the Levites redeem at any time. They can always, it don't matter what kind of house it is. A Levite can always come back and redeem what he has sold because it belongs to the Levites. They have a special right. Read. And if a man purchased of the Levites. Read. Then the house that was sold and the city of his possession shall go out in the year of Jubilee. Read. For the houses of the cities of the Levites are their possession among the children of Israel. Read on. But the field of the, of the suburbs of their cities may not be sold. So the Levites are only allowed to sell their houses. They are not allowed to sell their fields. Those may not be sold. Read. For it is their perpetual possession. It is their perpetual possession. They are only allowed to deal with their own when it comes to those fields. They cannot sell it to anyone. Let's go and get Leviticus 25 and 41. Matter of fact, my bad. Read on. I wanted some more on that. Jump to verse uh, Leviticus 25, 35. Read that. The book of Leviticus, chapter 25 and verse 35. Read. And if thy brother be waxen poor and fallen in decay with thee. So he's become poor, fallen in decay. Read. Then thou shalt relieve him. Read. Yea, though he be a stranger. Though he may be from another tribe or though he may be someone that you have not dealt with in your life. Read. Or a sojourner. Or a traveler. Read. That he may live with thee. He may come and live with thee. Read. Take thou no usury of him. That means you cannot put any burden on him. If the brother just needs somewhere to stay, he shall come and stay with you. If he chooses to sell himself to you, that's another that's another thing. But if he does not choose to sell himself to you, you should still give him a place to stay. Those are two different things. Read. Or increase, but fear thy God, that thy brother may live with thee. Read on. Thou shalt not give him thy money upon usury, nor lend him thy victuals for increase. Now jump up to verse 41. Verse 41. Matter of fact, go up to verse 40. Verse 40. Read. But as an hired servant and as a sojourner, he shall be with thee and shall serve thee. Until the year of Jubilee. Shall serve thee unto that year of release when he is legally allowed to leave. Read. And then shall he depart from thee. Read. Both he and his children because with his, him. Because his children belong to him. Read. And shall return unto his own family. Read on. And unto the possession of his fathers shall he return. Read. For they are my servants. Hold on. What are we? For they are my servants. Because we are the Lord's servants. That men's servants, that's just a title. We are the Lord's servants. We belong to the Lord. When you buying a Hebrew servant or a Hebrew maid servant, you're just really helping your brother or helping your sister out. That's really what that is. It's not her, him or her being just your servant. You helping them. You helping them by giving them money to come and work for you. That's like you saying, hey, brother, I need some food. Okay, well, come and, uh, come and mow my lawn and I'll give you food for the night. The same thing. You helping the brother. You don't have to give him food for the night. You can mow your own lawn, but you're helping him out. You see, read on. Which I brought forth out of the land of Egypt. They shall not be sold as bondmen. They shall not be sold as bondmen. 
only as maid servants and men servants. Read. Thou shalt not rule over him with rigor. Because that's how we treat the other nations. But we don't treat our own peoples like that. It's a different type of servitude. Read. But shall fear thy God. But shall fear thy God. Give me Nehemiah 5 and 1. Nehemiah chapter 5 and verse 1. The book of Nehemiah chapter 5 and verse 1. Read. And there was a great cry of the people and of their wives against their brethren, the Jews. See, this is a problem that our people, why would they have these laws, don't, don't, don't rule over your brother with rigor? Why would they even have that law if that wasn't a problem amongst Israel? Israelites, they, some, some people got that spirit on them. They, they want to rule over their brothers. They want to rule over their brothers with rigor. They don't have that spirit of mercy, that, that spirit of kindness. They got that spirit of, they look at their brother like a nigga. So when they come and they need some help and they need to go and buy out their brother, they going to work him like a dog in the street. See, and it said they, they cried out against their brethren, the Jews. Why was they crying against their brethren, the Jews? Read. For there were that said, we, our sons and our daughters, are many therefore we take up corn for them that we may eat and live some also there were that said we have mortgaged our land we have what we have mortgaged our land we have sold our lands read vineyards and houses that we might buy corn because of the dairy read on there were also that said we have borrowed money we have borrowed money read for the king's tribute and debt upon our lands and vineyards. So this is a whole lot of debt, owing, selling your things, being poor, selling your things. Read. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children. And lo, we bring into bondage our sons and our daughters to be sons. See, that's a bond men. He said we bring into bondage. That's not what a manservant and a maidservant is. That men servants and maidservants are not in bondage. They can be redeemed at any time and they have to be released after six years. That's, that's not right. that's not bondage. You are not allowed to serve over them with rigor. So if they're sick, they get they get some sick leave. They, 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 that's not bondage. It say we bring into bondage our sons and daughters to be servants. Read. And some of our daughters are brought into bondage already. Read. Neither is it in our power to redeem them. Then, then he's saying we cannot enact the laws of redemption because we have no money. We have no power. Read. For other men have our lands and vineyards. Other nations have our things. They don't go by the same laws we go by. Read. And I was very angry when I heard their cry and these words. Read. Then I consulted with myself and I rebuked the nobles. The what? The nobles. The rich men. The ones that were not keeping those laws when it came to the Sabbath year. The ones that were not keeping those laws when it came to the year of Jubilee. They were owning lands and in the year of Jubilee they were not releasing. They were holding on to them and keeping them and ruling over the land like a monopoly. And the game was never being reset like the laws say. Read. And the rulers. And said unto them, You enact usury, every one of his brother. And I set a 
against them. Read on. And I said unto them, We, after our ability, have redeemed our brethren, the Jews. They've redeemed their brethren, the Jews, after their own ability. Read. Which were sold unto the heathen. Read. And will you even sell your brethren? But they wasn't they wasn't keeping them laws when it came to releasing their brethren. They wasn't keeping them laws when it came to that year of Jubilee. They was treating them like property. Read. Or shall they be sold unto us? Read. Then held they their peace and found nothing to answer. Read on. Also I say, it is not good that ye do. Out ye not to walk, ought ye not to walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the heathen, our enemies. Read on. I likewise and my brethren and my servants might might that of them money and corn. I pray you, let us leave of this usury. Restore, I pray you, to them even this day their lands, their vineyards, their olive yards, and their houses. Also, the hundred part of the money. So it say restore everything that belongs to them like it should have been done in the year of Jubilee, but also restore a hundred part of the money. Give them money on top of it because you have wronged them. Read. And of the corn, the wine, and the oil that ye enact of them. Read on. Then said they, we will restore them and will require nothing of them. And we'll, for, for nothing. We'll give everything back to them for nothing. No price. Read. So will we do as thou sayest. Then I called the priests and took an oath of them that they should do according to this promise. Give me Exodus 21 and 2. See, our peoples, they got a problem. Now, there ain't no law in this Bible that's there just because Israelites don't do that. Every law in here is because Israelites got a problem with doing it. So if it's telling you don't serve, don't rule over your brother with rigor, that means that Israelites got a problem with ruling over their brother with rigor. You don't, you don't go to a, to a man who's never touched a sip of alcohol and say, oh, you're not allowed to be alcoholic. He's like, brother, I don't even drink. See, you don't, you don't do that. Read this. Art. The book of Exodus, chapter 21 and verse 2. Read. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve. So six years he shall serve. Read. And in the seventh, he shall go out free for nothing. So he shall go out free. He, he, he served his time. But see, now we've gone over the year of Jubilee, right? So every man is released in the year of Jubilee. So what about this six years he shall serve? Let's go into Deuteronomy 15 and 12. There's, there's two different releases. There's two different releases. So let's get it. Let's read it first, and then we're going we gonna, to we gonna explain. Deuteronomy 15 and 12. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 15 and verse 12. Read. And if thy brother, a Hebrew man, or a Hebrew woman. I want y'all to remember that. If thy brother, a Hebrew man, or an Hebrew woman. So it's saying that when you say in your brother, it can be referring to a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman. See, read. Be sold unto thee. Read. And serve these six years. And serve these six years, read. Then in the seventh year, thou shalt let him go free from thee. So he served his six years. He can, he, he you don't. So if you give that man, okay, I'm. you come and serve me. And I will pay you 10,000 shekels of silver 
to come and serve me. That means after six years, he's paid off of his he's paid off his debt. So he gets that ten thousand after six years he gets to go in that seventh year. Read. And when yeah. thou sendest him out free from thee, thou shalt not let him go away empty. And also, when you send him free out from thee, you shall not have let him go away empty. Let's find out what that means. Read. Thou shalt furnish him liberally out of thy flock. So that man, you shall give him some sheeps to go with him. Because if a man serve you for six years and he go back to his land, are there going to be sheeps on his land? No, nah, the sheeps are gone. He, he wasn't on the land. So his sheeps, if, if somebody else owned that land, they're going to take the sheeps with them. They're not going to let you just keep the sheeps. So you get some sheeps so you can go and start your own go, thing going on on your land. Read. And out of thy floor and out of thy wine press. And you get some seeds and you get some fruit so you can go and start your own thing. Read. Of that wherewith the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. Thou shalt give unto him. Read. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt. And the Lord thy God redeemed thee. Hold on, what did it say the most I did? Redeemed. Hold on, what did it say the most I did? Redeemed. The most I keep the commandments. It said he came and redeemed us. That's right. He came and redeemed us for a price. See, didn't that what Christ did? Redeemed us. See, he had there's always a price. And so if we got sold in the bondage to the to the heathen what the most have to do he got to come and pay a price so he can come and redeem us but he can pay that price at any time because we belong to him and we always have to go back see they don't understand read on therefore i command yeah. thee this thing today read and it shall be if he say unto thee i will not go away from thee because he loved thee and thine house because he is well with thee. So it, it, the man or the woman serves you for six years. And that seventh year, if they say plainly with their lips or they clearly say, I want to stay with you. I don't want to go out in the seventh year. I want to stay at your house because I love your house. I love the way you treat me. I love being here. And, and, I, and you don't really require a lot of work of me. I, I want to continue to be here and serve you. Right. Read on. Then thou shalt take an all. And Bishop already broke this down. He said, thou shalt take that contract. That contract. Read. And thrust it through his ear unto the door. And tell him that contract clearly to him. Read. And he shall be thy servant forever. For, for what? Forever. Read on. And also unto thy maid servant. Thou shalt do likewise. So it say he shall he shall not go out in the year of Jubilee because he has sold himself unto you forever because he would like to stay with you, right? Read on. It shall not seem hard unto thee when thou sendest him away free from free from thee. So in that seventh year, you shouldn't be making it a difficult thing for him to go about his business. That first day of that seventh year, you should already be making plans to help him get, get on his way. Read on. For he has been worth a double hired servant to thee in serving these six years. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all that thou doest. So we're going to get some more understanding. Give me Exodus 21 and 3. So let's go back. So now we got, you got the year of Jubilee that every 50 years they have to be released. Then after he worked for six years, he also has to be released. So say you purchase a man. And it's in the 48th year, the 48th year, 
That means next year or the year, the 50th year, you have to release him. That means you're only paying for two years of servitude. Because even though he hasn't completed his six years, he has to be released in that year in that year of Jubilee. So it but if you purchase him in the 41st year, that means you're going to get a full six years because it's going to go from the 44, 41st year to the 47th year. So you're going to get a full six years. So you're paying for a full six years. You see. But you got to let that six sink in. Sometimes I'm going to tell you something. Don't just watch this class. And then be like, I got it. You got to go and read it. I'm just giving you the understanding so that later on you can go in and be like, damn, okay, that is what he said. Okay, let me understand. Let me understand. Let me understand. You're not going to get the understanding when somebody is just telling it to you to your face and you just jotting down notes. You got to study it. Otherwise, you'll never get the understanding. So where did I tell you to go? Exodus 21 and 3. Exodus 21 and 3. Go there. The book of Exodus chapter 21 and verse 3. Read. If he came in by himself. So if you buy him and it's only him, he's by himself, right? Read. He shall go out by himself. Then he shall leave by himself because he came in by himself. Read. And if he were married. But if he come in with his wife, because a man is not going to sell himself and then leave his wife over there. She's going to come with him. Read on. Then his wife shall go out with him. Because she belongs to him. His wife shall go out with him. Read. If his master have given him. A wife. Hold on, hold on. What, 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 what? If his master have given him a wife. So this is giving you the rights of what a master is allowed to do. If that master have that Hebrew manservant and say, okay, I got this maidservant over here. And he gives that manservant, that maidservant to wife, right? Read. And she have borne him sons or daughters. And then they have sons and daughters, read. The wife and her children shall be her master the wife and the children still belong to the master just because that man so say i buy that brother he comes and he works for me i say okay while you're working for me i'm gonna give you this maid servant here to wife you guys will have children's and then when you leave i will keep her and i will keep the children's and the children will be raised in my household as my grandchildren because they never belong to you they belong to me i just use you as stock that is allowed to happen. Now, let's get on more with that. Read on. And he shall go out by himself. And he shall go out by himself. Give me Genesis 31 and 41. Let's see where some confusion might have happened with that. Because they looking at it like, okay, well, you know, that don't, that don't sound right. Well, the thing is, people put too much stock. That's one thing. People put too much stock in family. See, if, if your son wicked, right, what you got to do? You got to put him to death, don't you? So why are people thinking that their child is just the sun and the moon and the stars? They thinking they child when they child wake up in the morning the sun rise and when they child go to sleep the sunset. Your child is is just another child, man. So why do people put so much stock? That's why it's telling you when he give her, when he give him that wife and that and they have children, those children you put too much stock in those children. Nah, man, they belong to the master. You can go somewhere else and have your own children, but during these six years you belong to me. During these six years, if you go and you make a table. While you belong to me, that table belongs to me. If you go and you invent a, uh, an invention while you're serving me in those six years, that invention belongs to me because you did it on my time. You did it on my food. You did it on, 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 on my land. It belongs to me. Anything that you increase. But if you had, look, if you had a wife and she come with you and you have children with her, those children, that wife do not belong to the master. 
because he did not buy that wife, he bought you. See? Read on. The book of Genesis, chapter 31 and verse 41. Read. Thus have I been 20 years in thy house. So Jacob is telling Laban, I have been in your house 20 years. Let's find out why. Read. I served thee 14 years for thy two daughters. Hold on, hold on. But I thought we were supposed to work six years and in the seventh year we'd be released. Why is he saying here that he worked a whole 14 years for two women? Because there was a contract. See, a contract can can be can 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 overvoid that. So if you stay in the year of Jubilee, you say, I I have a contract with you. I want to stay and complete my contract so I can get whatever I needed to get from you. Then you are allowed to do that. That's up to you. That's what you want to do. If the seventh year comes around and you have a contract that says seven years I shall serve, then you can serve that seventh year because you have a contract with that person. He had a contract with Laban that he would serve seven years for a daughter and seven years for another daughter, right? Fourteen years I served thee for thy two daughters, read. And six years for thy cattle. But why did he only serve six years for the cattle? Because he was doing the regular servitude during this time. He served six years. And in the seventh year, he was, by law, he had to give him some sheeps and some cattle and some fruit and some vegetables, by law. So he only served six years and he was allowed to get cattle. Read. And thou hast changed my wages ten times. That's not something we're allowed to do. We're not allowed to change the price. You have to go by the contract. Read. Except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had been with me. Surely thou hast sent me away now empty. God had seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuilt thee yesternight. Read on. And the bird answered and said unto Jacob, These daughters are my daughters. Hold on, what did Laban say? These daughters are my daughters. Now, normally, those daughters would be Laban's daughters, but this was not a normal contract. Jacob came and served seven years for the purpose of getting the daughters. It wasn't that Jacob came and he was serving Laban and Laban just chose to give him the daughters. That's not what happened. Jacob served for those daughters. After those seven years, those daughters now belong to Jacob. They no longer belong to Laban. Read on. And these children are my children. And then Laban's trying to say the children belong to him, but that is not true. Normally they would belong to Laban, but because Jacob served those years for those wives, those children now belong to Jacob. Read on. And these cattle are my cattle. Now he's just now he's just going off the top. Read on. And all that thou seest is mine. And what can I do this day unto these my daughters or unto their children which they have born? Give me Sirach 42 and 7. See? Sirach 42 and 7. It, when you understand the laws, then you begin to understand the story. You begin to understand what people are talking about in the stories. You're like, okay, why is he saying that those daughters belong to him? Why is he saying the children belong to him? What? Why? Where is he getting this information from? Read. The book of Sirach, chapter 42 and verse 7. Read. Deliver all things 
in number and weight. So this tell you when you're dealing with your own peoples and you when you're dealing with other nations, but even when you're dealing with your own peoples, you better have everything dealing with numbers and weights. Don't be in there talking about, hey, bro, uh, just give me a couple of them and, you know, we'll just call it. I'll give you a couple of dollars. No, you better have exact. Give me five of those and I will give you three dollars. You better have numbers and weights. Otherwise, that brother will try to screw you over. Read on. And put all in writing that thou givest out or receivest in. Or whenever you're dealing with any type of business amongst your own peoples, do everything in writing. Have contracts say, I hereby agree to do this and that, and then you will give me this, and I'm going to sign here, and you sign here, and we good. Do everything in writing. You be like, brother, I know you 20 years. Yeah, well, you, I've known you 20 years. Let's, let's, let's sign this paper. That's how we should be. You know, that's how Israelites are supposed to be, because how can you go to the judges and tell the judges, man, we agreed 10 years ago that we was going to do this. And they like, do you remember what you said? I don't remember exactly what I said. I know I told him this and I said we would do that. And he like, yeah, I don't remember what it was. It was 10 years ago. No, had nothing in writing. How the judges are supposed to, to judge amongst that. How are they supposed to do that? Give me Exodus 21 and 5. The book of Exodus, chapter 21 and verse 5. Read. And if the servant shall plainly say. Shall plainly say, read. I love my master. I love my master, read. My wife. The wife that my master gave me while I was serving him. I love that wife, read. And my children. And the children that I birthed while I was working for him, read. I will not go out free. And this happens a lot of times. A lot of the times this will happen where a man will say, I love my family. I will not go out free. I want to continue to stay here. Read. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. Read. He shall also bring him to the door or unto the door post. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl. He shall give him that contract. Read. And he shall serve him. Forever. He shall serve him forever. Now, you also got the deal where even though he's serving him forever, he still gets his land back into your jubilee. So what can that man do? He's not going and living on his land. If he's allowed to take his children, he can say, hey, children, you can have that land over there, but I'm going to continue to serve. Or he can say, I'm going to go sell that land again when the year of jubilee come. I'm going to come into some money. See, we, we are very we are very financially uh, adept people. We know what we're doing. You know, read on. And if a man sell his daughter to be a maid servant. And it, so if a man sell his daughter to be a maid servant. Now we're getting into another aspect. He sell his daughter to be a maid servant. Read. She shall not go out as the men servants do. But hold up. Now I ask you to remember this. When we was in Deuteronomy, matter of fact, jump right back over there real quick. Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 12. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 12. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 15, and verse 12. Read. And if thy brother, a Hebrew man, or a Hebrew woman, or a Hebrew woman, read, be sold unto thee, and serve thee six years, then in the seventh year thou shalt let him go free from thee. So if you jump back over to Exodus 21 and 7, Let's read that again, because it said you if a woman serve you for six years in the seventh year, she shall go free. So let's jump back to verse 21 and seven 
and see what it says there. Read it again. And if a man sell his daughter to be a maid servant, read. She shall not go out as the men servants do. Why is it saying there that she shall not go out as the men servants do when it clearly says in Deuteronomy that she shall go out in the seventh year? Let's jump down to verse eight. Let's read on and see why there's a different a different law for it. Read verse eight. If she please not her master. Now, if she please not her master, read who had betrothed her to himself. Hold on. What did he do? Betrothed her to himself. So she is not just a regular maidservant. She is to be wifed. She is to be wed unto him. Betrothed. They are to be man and wife. So it's not just a regular if it was just a regular maidservant, then it would be the regular law. But this is to betrothed her to himself. If she please not her master who hath planned to marry her, read. Then shall he let her be redeemed. Then he shall let her be redeemed as unto the normal law. He shall let her be redeemed, read. To sell her unto a strange nation. He shall have no power. He is not allowed to sell her because he did not. Let's let's read on. Let's find out. Seeing he had dealt deceitfully with her. Because he bought her under a different pretense. He bought her saying he was going to marry her. But he did not. So he cannot go and sell her unto someone else. He has to let her be redeemed. He has to allow her to be redeemed. That means bought back. Get Leviticus 25, 47. Turn that uh, turn that air down. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, get it. Twenty-five forty-seven. The Book of Leviticus, chapter twenty-five and verse forty-seven. And if a sojourner or stranger wax rich by thee, and thy brother that dwelleth by him wax poor, and sell himself unto the stranger or sojourner by thee. Or to the stock of the stranger, stranger's family. After that he is sold, he may be redeemed again. One of his brethren may redeem him. One of his brethren may redeem him. Let's see who can redeem a person that's been sold. Read. Either his uncle. His uncle can redeem him. Read. Or his uncle's son. Or his cousin. Read. May redeem him. Or any that is. Nigh of kin unto him, or his family may redeem him. So that means his mother, his father, his son, his daughter, his brother, his sister, or any of the in-laws that are directly related to them would be nigh of kin unto him. Read. Or if he be able, he may redeem himself. Or he may redeem himself. Read. And he shall reckon with him that bought him from the year that he was sold to him. Unto the year of Jubilee. There goes that year of Jubilee again. Read. And the price of his sale shall be according unto the number of years. According to the time of an hired servant shall it be with him. Read. If there be yet many years behind, according unto them, he shall give again the price of his redemption out of the money. That he was bought for. That's all I need on that. Let's go Leviticus 21 and 8. Let's go back. See, so he's saying that if he does not keep that promise of marrying her, she, sh she may be redeemed back by her immediate family. 
because he did not, he dealt deceitfully with her. Jump down to verse Exodus 21 and 8. Exodus. Exodus 21 and 8, my bad. The book of Exodus, chapter 21 and verse 8. Read. If she pleased not her master, who had to be trumpeted her to himself, then shall he let her be redeemed to sell her unto a strange nation. He shall have no power, seeing he had dealt deceitfully with her. Read on. And if he had betrothed her unto his son. And if he had betrothed her unto his son, read. He shall deal with her after the manner of daughter. So she is no longer a maidservant. She is now a daughter. A daughter. She has all the rights of a daughter. Read. If he take him another wife. And if he take him another wife that he has not bought or that he has bought, read. Her food, her raiment. Her food, her, her, her quality of life, read. And her duty of marriage. Read. Shall, shall he not diminish. So he cannot treat her any different than he would treat another wife. Just because he bought her as a maidservant, he has to treat her at that full extent. Like a wife. Read, because that is his wife. Read. And if he do not these three unto her. If he do not honor her in these three things, read. Then shall she go out free without money. Then shall she go out free because he has not fulfilled his duty. But do you think a man will not be dealt with for not giving her those three? That she'll just go out free without money. Because people be, I'm going to tell you something. Israelites, they be looking for loopholes. They be in the law like, like a lawyer. Saying, okay, uh, if I want to sleep with that woman, all I got to do is buy her and then sleep with her and then marry someone else and then diminish her food and clothing and she'll leave. Right? You think that you think that they won't deal with him? Bring it out. Let's get 1 Timothy 5 and 8. I'm trying to tell you how Israelites think. You Y'all don't know how niggas think, man. You think that they don't do this. What? How many YouTube videos do you see where a dude be outside a police station? And, and technically, it says in uh, uh, Sector 5. Uh, uh, article B that I'm allowed to do this and, and that and this and that. Israelites, man, I'm telling you, man, they're lawyers. You think they're not going to do this in the kingdom? They're going to go up to the judges? Well, technically here in the book of Leviticus, it say right here in this second chapter that if I can do this and that, and she can go and, 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 and I won't be punished. I'm good. Give me 1 Timothy 5 and 8. The book of 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. But if any provide not for his own he say, if any provide not for his own, that wife now belongs, it's his own. Read. And especially for those of his own house. If he take any of those three things away from those that belong in his own house. Read. He has denied the faith. He has denied the Lord, the, the Israelites, his own, his own relationship, his own nationality. Read. And it's worse than an infidel. He, he's, he's cut off. He's worse than an infidel. He's worse than a heathen. He's worse than a heathen. See, now they thinking they're going to get away with that one. But see, that's why you need judges, because the judges can say, man, OK, I know the law says this, but kill him. He's like, no, 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 the law say this. Yeah, yeah, the law say this, but you, sir, are wicked as hell. You see what I'm saying? That's why the judges are there. They're allowed to go into the law and look and say, OK, it does say that. But you taking that out of context, brother, so you can be wicked. Put him to death. Right. You see what I'm saying? So they're thinking they're going to get away with some things, and that's not the way it's going to work. Exodus 21 and 20. The book of Exodus, chapter 21 and verse 20. Read. And if a man smite his servant. Hold on, hold on, man. What? 
Smite his servant. So we looking at it like, okay, a man smite his servant. All right. Read on. Or his maid with a rod. Read. And he died under his hand. He shall surely be punished. He shall be surely punished. Give me Deuteronomy 25 and 1. Let's see why. Because people read that. they like, they can't be talking about Israelites. We're not allowed to hit each other. Let's see what it say in the laws of God if we are allowed to hit each other. Read this, Ock. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 25 and verse 1. Read. If there be a controversy between men. Whether it be two men or whether it be a master and his servant, read. And they come unto judges. And they come to the judges to determine what should be done, read. That the judges may judge them. Read. Then they shall justify the righteous and condemn the wicked. Read on. And it shall be if the wicked man be worthy to be beaten. Hold on, an Israelite man can be worthy to be beaten? It's saying if that man is worthy to be beaten, read. That the judges shall cause him to lie down and to be beaten before his face according to his folk by a certain number. So they're going to choose a certain number. Let's see what that number is. Read. 40 stripes. So it's not always going to be 40 stripes. 40 stripes is like the maximum amount you can give. But sometimes it'll be 5. Sometimes it'll be 10. Sometimes it'll be 15. It depends on what you did. Right? 40 stripes. Read. He may give him. Read. And not exceed. He cannot exceed 40 stripes. Read. Lest he should exceed and beat him above these with many stripes, then thy brother should seem foul unto thee. So let's go back to Exodus 21 and 12. So it say, it say, if a man smite his servant is made with a rod and he die under his hand, he shall surely be punished. What is the punishment if you smite your servant and he die under your hand? Exodus 21 and 12. The book of Exodus chapter 21 and verse 12. Read. He that smited a man so that he died. So that he died, read. Shall be surely put to death. He shall be what? Put to death. Be what? Put to death. So it's letting you know right there, if a man smite his servant with the rod and he die under his hand, he shall surely be put to death. It's letting you know there are laws when it comes to servants. Now, when it comes to bondmen, that's a totally different thing. Bondmen do not get the same rights that men servants do. Men servants, they have, they have rights. See, they can go to the judges and say, this man did me wrong. And there can be certain penalties. A bondman does not have that right. Bondman does not get to go to the judges. See what I'm saying? But let's go read on. And if a man lie not in wait, but God deliver him into his hand, then I will appoint thee a place where he shall flee. Read. But if a man come presumptuously upon his neighbor to slay him with God, then shall take him from my altar that he may die. So it's letting you know just because he's your manservant don't mean he's not your brother. You still have to abide by these same laws. Give me verse 21. Verse 21. Read. Notwithstanding, if he continue a day or two. But if he continues and he doesn't die, read. He shall not be punished. Read. For he is his money. He shall not be punished for that. Jump down to verse 26. Read. Verse 26. Read. And if a man 
smite the eye of his son. Now, if that man smite, and you gotta understand, if if you get smit, you did something bad. You know, you don't just get smit every day. Like if you got, if you had to get hit, that means it's been a whole month, and every day you've been making the same mistakes, and you've done killed off a hundred sheep with your mistakes. And you've done cost the master some real money or you done done something you had no business doing. If a man smite the eye of his servant, you had to be a real bad servant to get smitten, you know, because he's your brother. You love your brother. You're not just going to hit your brother. But if that brother not, he, he done destroyed half of your crops with his stupidity. Now you got to bring him to the judges. Read on. Or the eye of his maid. Read on. That it perish. He shall let him go free. So if you hurt your maid servants or your man servants eye, or if you if you if you take out the eye, then you shall let him go free for his eye, because he you took something from him. So now he's paid his debt. He's good. He's got one eye. He he's paid his debt. Let him go free. Read. And if he smite out his man servants tooth, or if you hurt if you if you take him to the judges, smite him with the rod, and his tooth come out. You smite him with his tooth. Read. Or his maid servants tooth. Read. He shall let him go free for his tooth's sake. For his tooth's sake. You shall let him go free because you've injured him. He is now, he, he's paid his debt. He's good. Let him go free. And so that gives you incentive. It, it lets you know that they wasn't in there just going ham on him with the rod. You know, there was a certain, uh, there was a certain decorum you had to have. Because if you injured him, you have to let them go free. You see what I'm saying? So you ain't just in there smiting. You know, it was for a punishment, but it wasn't just beating somebody down. You know, but Israelites, they're not going to understand that until they see it with their own eyes. Leviticus 25, 44. The book of Leviticus, chapter 25 and verse 44. Read. Both thy bondmen and thy bondmaids, which thou shalt have, shall be of the heathen. See, bondmen and bondmaids. They shall be heathens. Read. That are round about you. Read. Of them shall ye buy bondmen and bondmaids. So you see, that's the difference. They are heathens. Read. Moreover, of the children of the strangers that do sojourn among you, of them shall ye buy, and of their families that are with you, which they beget in your land, and they shall be your possession. Your what? Your possession. See, men servants and maid servants are not your possession. They work for you. They are not your possession. A bondman and a bondmaid, those belong to you. Those are your possessions. Read. And ye shall take them as an inheritance for your children after you. So the bondmen and bondmaids, once you buy them, their family belongs to you forever. That means their grandchildren are going to be serving your grandchildren. That's the way it works. Read. To inherit them for a possession. They shall be your bondmen forever. For what? Forever. Forever. They shall not go out in the year of Jubilee. Read. But over your brethren, the children of Israel, ye shall not rule one over another with rigor. Give me Exodus 21, 16. Last precept. I know it's getting late. Exodus 21, 16. The book of Exodus. Chapter 21 and verse 16. And I know the brother said, he said, that's not a lot of precepts you had. I say, brother, it's going to be a lot of expounding. Because this type of thing, you don't just read it and then people just understand. You got to explain it. Read this, Ock. 
And he that selleth a man. Hold on, read it again, Ock. And he that stealeth a man. And if a man steal a man, unlawfully gain a man, read. And selleth him. And then selleth him. See that? That's selling. When you selling somebody, nowhere in there do it say that you just because you got to think if that if you buy a person and they're supposed to serve you for six years and be released in the seventh year, if you sell them, does that six years re, re, reset? So you got to think you you're not allowed to just go and sell your brother. He has to work those years that you paid him for because if you sell him, then it's, it reset. It's not fair. That's what our people they got to understand. If you steal a man and sell it him, read. Or if he be found in his hand. Or if he be found in his hand, read. He shall surely be put to death. He shall surely be put to death. That's what our people's got to understand. There are laws and regulations, but this will be going on in the kingdom. Everybody think they're going to be, everybody going to be decked in jewels and gold in the kingdom. That's not the way it's going to be. It's going to be righteous, but there's going to come, there's, there's going to be some hard times. How are we going to deal with those hard times? That's the question. On that, we say shalom. Shalom.